So, Justin, you know quite a bit about um, urban planning and infrastructure, right? Uh, that I do. On a scale of um, one to brilliant, one meaning amazing and to brilliant, uh, how great is Boris Johnson's idea to build a bridge from Scotland to Ireland? Well, I, I don't know why you would do a bridge. You know, you, you do a tunnel, right? If you, do, if you build a bridge, you know, it's going to get like, there's like weather and stuff that happens in the Irish Sea. It's like bad, right? You know, and then there's like shipping and, and it just seems like a bad idea to do, do a tunnel. Uh, yeah. That thing's like a- Have we considered a trebuchet? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sure like the, uh, the sort of the, the Scots Protestants who just decided that they needed to murder more Catholics would have gotten themselves over by trebuchet and survived from sheer craziness. <laughs> they don't want to do it. Extremely need- hot heads. Sorry, Justin, <laughs> I keep cussing you off. Yeah, the thing is, you need two trebuchets. You need one on each side. I don't think they want to pay for that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I don't know the, the number of people that want to make a land crossing between, let's say, Liverpool and Belfast could probably fit on an average size trebuchet on a given day. So, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's tour groups. You know, you need bus size trebuchets, but uh, yeah. it's all doable. The, the, the problem think- there is scattering. Like, you don't all arrive in the same place and land in a heap. You're going to be like spread out, right? There's going to be a distribution. I I would so wait, imagine we- you would just drive the bus onto the trebuchet and then it would hurl the bus as a uh, unit across that, that the Irish sense. Sea. And then you yeah. could get out of the bus over Ireland sort of as you choose. And then you, the key is to land with your friends and then get to the center of Ireland before the storm closes in. And not land in somebody's property in the middle of nowhere in Northern Ireland. And there's just like, just having to I break see, up they, see they launched the fucking trebuchet. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, you have to break into someone's property and try to pick up the best guns you can. And this is how uh, Boris Johnson's going to restart the troubles by using a trebuchet on a bus on a trebuchet to turn Ireland into Fortnite. I was going to say, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to uh, TF. Um, for whatever week it's going to be. Uh, we're recording this one a little bit in advance because we've got to go to the Labour Party uh, conference, but uh, this will come out. Maybe Boris Johnson will have built the bridge to Ireland. Maybe he'll have built the trebuchets. Maybe finally Fortnite can be a reality. All I know is uh, it's me, Riley, and I'm in studio with Nate. Hi, it's me. I'm er- errantly checking the boards right now. I wasn't expecting that fast jump into uh, into podcasting again. It's the second podcast of the day. Number your two. Bo- your boy has a fucking brain injury, so it's going really slow. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we're also joined by uh, Alice from Glasgow. Hey, what's up? I'm using the Mayan calendar for these because it's easier than counting, so I don't know what week it is either, but I do know that our doom is very close. Uh, actually, let's do a classic Trash Future bit. Man, Nate, the the this political situation in Britain sure has gotten shut the fuck up, Riley. But it's a good thing that we have. I think as I uh, stand here recording this at six thirty seven p.m. on September eighteenth, two thousand nineteen, we can safely say that all British media is dumb. But I don't believe in my heart that the Lib Dems have anywhere near as much support as they think they do. So invariably, we're going to get to watch them be sad faced, even if we're doomed to hell. 
Anyway, everybody make sure to go through your old tweets and delete them because no matter what happens in this world, if you support labor at some point, apparently Guido Fox is going to dig through your shit and Laura Koonsberg is going to retweet it. <laughs> A chilling sign of things to come. So, uh, Justin Rosniak, uh, aka Do Not Eat, is a joining us as well from the United States. Justin, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How's everyone over in uh, jolly old England? Uh, everyone's jolly. Everyone's old. Uh, the the country is all above sixty five. Uh, everyone on Love Island is just a hologram. Mm, everyone getting red <laughs> and mad and nude. It's yeah, it's delightful. It's the magic of TV. You think that like um. You know, all of, all of those, remember the, remember the summer, remember Love Island? All of those people are just like old fat men and they've just been digitally uh, enhanced. I mean, same. I- <laughs> yeah, same, same with us as well. We're just a bunch of like 65-year-old red-faced nuke men and we're all getting digitally enhanced to be cooler. I mean, to be fair, a lot of people really have this idea of genteel England. And I've been saying this over and over again, that this notion of visiting England and it's going to be like Downton Abbey is completely wrong. It's one of two things. It's either like a really twee pub with like people playing board games and oil paintings of dogs on the wall, or it's a pub where a dude is crowd surfing naked with his asshole in people's faces and they're all cheering him on because like England scored a goal or something. Both yeah. of those things happen in real life. That is the true England. All right. Yes. Love actually, in terms of just the general shittiness of British people's personalities, is way closer to the truth than anything Downton Abbey has ever put on screen. That's true. That's true. It says dispatches from the front. Uh, however, for today's episode, I want to take us back across the Atlantic, but to the land of my birth, uh, to Canada, uh, because in Canada, um, Sidewalk Labs, which is a subsidiary of Google, essentially, um, has run into some snags in its plan to, let's say, make some kind of ideal planned community, but for a tech company in most of downtown Toronto. Um, or rather, a slice of downtown Toronto where their plans were to expand to a lot of downtown Toronto. And can I just jump in and say that Sidewalk Lab sounds like the kind of thing that a, a very not inventive mobster would come up with trying to make up like a shell company for a numbers joint or something <laughs> like that. It's, uh, it's a fucking Sidewalk yeah, so Labs. Bis- yeah. Business Incorporated. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, just imagining uh, like a bunch of scientists, you know, out on the sidewalk with a bunch of test tubes, you know? Oh yeah, I think I follow Sidewalk Labs on Instagram, and it's just a picture, a bunch of pictures of Labradors. (laughs) It's just, uh, it's street, it's like NBA street science. That is true. If you had, (laughs) if you wanted to have like a cool dog walking company, you'd call it Sidewalk Labs. Totally would. Ingenuitizing canine exercise. Um. So I'm. um, I'm, I, I just got to jump in. I once saw a dog walking company that was hiring on Craigslist when I lived in New York, and they wanted you to have a four-year college degree or be a veteran of the U.S. military. I don't know why one or other, one or the other would be important for dog walking, but you can say that they at least respect the troops or they respect dogs enough that they only want college graduates walking them. Uh, folks, peek behind the curtain. I very nearly sneezed and then didn't. So I'm going to be pissed off until I do. Well, yeah, and Riley didn't laugh at my <laughs> fucking joke, which didn't didn't validate. I was busy me. sneezing, not sneezing. I'm busy not sneezing. So, Sidewalk Labs. I'm going to um, going to read from this article here that's sort of talking about what's actually happened. Um, so, uh, think back to 2017. Remember 2017? It was the hallowed days when Brexit was going well and not yet a crisis. Uh, Donald Trump, we were still, the shine didn't come off of uh, of that particular apple yet. 
I think he just bragged to the Boy Scouts about having sex on a boat. Um, who else has many memories of 2017? Absolutely none. I shoot myself in the back of the head with a little dart at the end of every episode, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I drank all those memories away, you know? Oh, yeah. Classic, <laughs> that's classic 2017 I mean, behavior. big 2017, uh, I think that's when Kavifi happened. I think that's when... Oh, real classics. Uh, the, when Donald Trump uh, announced the policy to ban trans people from serving in the military, and it was later revealed that his announcement on Twitter coincided with uh, Paul Manafort's house getting raided, like, <laughs> at 5 a.m., and Donald Trump was just furiously changing military policy on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did, but that's about didn't all I can Roger Stone get arrested that year, or was that later? I think that was 2018, because there was literally the raid on Roger Stone's place yeah. in 20... That was 2018, I think, yeah. However, one of the other big events that happened in 2017 was Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stood on a derelict gravel lot uh, just near downtown Toronto uh, with the mayor, a guy called John Tory, I know, and... Who's <laughs> <laughs> a conservative? John Tory and Steve Business here to solve problems <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> um, as well as, as also Eric Schmidt, the chairman of Alphabet Stroke Google, to announce a plan to turn a, a parcel of land along Toronto's waterfront into a smart city project in partnership with Sidewalk Labs, with a promise to, quote, reimagine cities from the internet up. Uh. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. Sidewalk Labs proposed a future-ready neighborhood with all the latest smart city technologies baked in. Um... We have some uh, examples. Are we ready to hear some of the examples? Yeah, let, hit me with let, it. Let, let me hear the examples. An advanced smart power grid that utilizes geothermal energy. Wow, no one's ever thought of that before. No. Okay. Okay. We, we have that already. Yeah. Um, a freight management system aided by many underground tunnels and smart containers. <laughs> Justin, so I know so you there, have There's going to be like robot one. catacombs? I, yes. That they, they have like underground tunnels, but instead of putting people in them, they put freight in there. Yes. And also, crucially, like rubbish. So it's like sideways elevators underground. Yes, correct. But for stuff. <laughs> so the, the freight can get around very quickly and easily, and the people yes. cannot. Yes. You don't need public transit. That's why you have Uber. Come yeah. on. Yeah, they, it's, it's all... No, it, yeah, that pl- is plus, actually their plan. Yeah, plus if you're in a tunnel, how are they going to do facial recognition on you? You know, it's dark. They can't... Yeah. They, 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 you use lights. Uh, that seems lights kind of like unrealistic <laughs> to me. Yeah, come on. How are you going to find that many light bulbs? Your local shop has like, what, 20 maximum. Yeah. It's, I, point, I, I'm just, yeah. all, all of my civil engineering is just based off of Minecraft, so I'm just like, well, you can't put that many torches up, it'll take you forever. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Also, Nate, to your point, the, they believe that it will have, there will be self-driving cars that will never come to a full stop, just slow down to a crawl <laughs> where you get in, <laughs> and then they just continue idea. on. Um, and yeah, they continue on. That's my on favorite di- way to get every off a single car. person. Um, it said, when I think of the future, what I want to do is to board every mode of transportation like an old-timey streetcar where I have to like, get a little running start and hop yeah. onto it. Just and a man in a jaunty cap takes my paper ticket. No, no, there's no man. No, no, there isn't. No, there's no they man. They get rid of all the fun parts about that. Instead, yeah. it's going to be like a door. You're going to have to be running and you have to open it. Then you're going to be running and step on the thing. Yeah. And, and if you're you gonna put the fall. wrong foot forward, you're going to fall over and then get run over by the autonomous vehicle. And then they're going to take you know, the smart city is going to take your reaction photo afterwards and put it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> all of your blood being sluiced down into these perfect tunnels. 
And the, mach- the machine learning has figured out a way to just take a picture of your face and say Lamau owned on like poster board Instagram across the city. <laughs> Unfortunately, what what I mean is what I mean is they never park. They can they're capable of of coming to a momentary stop, but they never like park. They're always circling. Okay, so they never do, need to do like maintenance on them or anything uh, to clean off the blood from like me <laughs> falling and eating shit and getting mulched by one of these things. Um, can, can, can we can we can we give it an appropriate name? I mean, I assume these things are going to be called like the Ozymandias or something like that. Something <laughs> something fitting. We, li- we already, already literally had Aussie Fest. Like, yeah, there's, there's already, already a news so much hubris left. Fuck, uh, Icarus. It's it's they're, they're just called the the Icar- the Icarus, but like it never goes wrong. Twenty years from now, we're running out of like mythological fail sons to name our things after because yeah. it's like we've already got the Icarus, the Ozymandias. I don't know. I'm trying to think of another one. It's we were- uh, Ganymede. They're just really fucking hot. They're sexy, <laughs> sexy <laughs> cars. Sex, sexy young male cars getting abdu- abducted by elder gods. Yeah, by eagles. It's great. I hate it when that happens. Um, and, it, di- and but these dr- self-driving cars will be tooling around dynamic streets that can serve a range of purposes in a given day um, what the fuck does that mean blood repository um, i guess a, a dynamic street must mean the whole thing's a conveyor belt right yeah. the street is always changing the, the street is always changing <laughs> the, the they're, map they're bringing out obstacles <laughs> <laughs> just to keshi's castle where the, the giant foam walls coming towards you <laughs> what if, what if mario kart was also a form of like just your city's infrastructure. I mean, it's, to it's be Rainbow fair, Road. If, if Rainbow Road existed in Toronto, it would be less of a boring city. Let's yes, be honest. That's true. That's why I left, folks. Um, <laughs> so what they're doing is they partnered with a startup called Corb, which <laughs> Google has par- Google has partnered with many startups uh, through something called the Urban Innovation Lab, which I'll explain later, and is deeply dystopian. Could you spell Corb for us? C double O R B. Oh, uh, can we also call I, this I episode? Can we also call this episode was- Cor- Corb Stomped? Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Justin. I, I thought it was a play on Le Corbusier, but uh, no, yep. maybe it's just, it no, doesn't It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's a it's, smart it's what, Yeah, it's, it's what the Cause family would name their, like, Delaware-based um, slush fund. Like, Corb son. LLP. No, that's what they would name their son, because they're, because they're rich white people. All I can think of is that thing of the, the the fake video games still of, like, Japanese takes on American baseball players' names. <laughs> and then, like, this guy, this... Like, Steve like, McDyckel. Yeah, Steve McDyckel. was like, Corb Schmitzen or something yeah, like that. So, what Corb does is they, it is a, a smart curb system that <laughs> changes curbs to banks of LED lights. Where so it a, is Rainbow uh, Road! Yeah, it's Rainbow yeah, Road. That is Rainbow road that's rainbow road and so from a central control system you can decide what you want your city's curbs to be or you can just let their ai algorithm take care of it and then using sensors they can determine what the curbs should be at any given time so cycle paths can become tram lines so basically what you're saying is that the city's designed like this said design us the city that will allow us to punish blind people forever (laughs) (laughs) more more than every other city Obviously, we can turn our road, we can change all our roads to have higher capacity when it's needed, right? So there can be more cars. But since, you know, we put all the freight underground and uh, the Ubers are on the street, of course, it needs to be set up for the maximum amount of cars at all times. So this is completely useless. Yes, correct. I I saw a variation on this same Corb technology, actually in use, like they actually built one um, for tunnel entrances, for like road tunnels. And what they do is they spray water vapor down and then project a big giant stop signal onto it. And it's terrifying because a giant stop sign just appears in front of you. 
That was was the one in Sydney, right? Yeah. Because it was uh, built too low for trucks, but people kept driving trucks into it anyway. So they thought, well, it's probably better if you just slam on the brakes to avoid hitting a giant, like, um, fucking hologram. Yeah, phantom stop sign. I love the idea that's like, if you have that technology, then why can't you make glowing rainbow colored question mark boxes that give you cool power ups when you run <laughs> through them? Yeah, they're making, they're basically turning um, Toronto into the most boring parts of Mario Kart. Um, but, but anyway, you could dress up Doug Ford in a fucking Bowser costume and go head to head against him. <laughs> no, I'm, no, come on. In this podcast, we dress up Doug Ford as Toad. Um, However, uh, fortunately, we'll all be happy to know that um, Sidewalk Labs is facing numerous challenges from residents, political denunciations, and high-profile resignations that all together are looking like they're going to scupper the project if these concerns are not addressed by Halloween. So to Alphabet, we say, boo, bitch, trick-or-treat, fuck off. We love to see it. This sounds like the kind of project that would be nigh impossible in, like, Saudi Arabia. So how in the hell are they going to do it in Toronto? This is is like the King Khaled, like, uh, technological city for the oppression of Mm -hmm. blind people. (laughs) <laughs> well, so what what happened was, as it became more and more clear that this was basically just a gig- 12 buildings with some roads between them that was set up as a giant data gathering exercise that had very obvious designs on expanding out this infrastructure into the rest of the city year on year, it everyone just resi- all the the grandees resigned from the board and were just like, "No, this is ludicrously horrible for any anything approaching privacy." However, I'm going to give you guys the pitch. Here's the pitch. But that, here's what okay. they promised. Elevator pitch, except the elevator is traveling sideways, full of freight under the ground. <laughs> yes. yes. It's the only safe place to be because up, upstairs is all just a bunch of ever-changing roads where it's a combination yeah. bike lane, tram lane, just self-driving uh, train Ubers line. just slamming into each yeah. other. It, like it the was, Blues for, Brothers cop cars. <laughs> for five minutes, it was actually a restaurant patio. Um, So here's the pitch. We're looking at a robust neighborhood of roughly a dozen buildings that makes office space, retail space, affordable housing, luxury housing, and plenty of public space. With half the residential units available for rent and the other half for ownership, and 40% of the rental units available below market rates in in Google's effort to address Toronto's skyrocketing real estate prices. Families that are priced out of downtown Toronto, this is providing space for them, explained Jesse Shapens, the director of Public (laughs) Realm for Sidewalk Labs. Jesse Shapens? Shapens, yes. Okay. I just, I, I was going to make this joke about anybody who works for Corb, but I also imagine that Jesse Shapens always has a, a briefcase full of nothing but jelly beans. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I feel like You're if your the- name is Jesse Shapens, you should like sell LA fitness franchises. <laughs> well, this is the LA, this getting the city fitter by making data smarter and getting the intelligence to you, the consumer. Res- Pretty sure uh, Shapen is one of those toys where for babies where they put the the cube in the square shaped slot and the triangle in the triangle shaped slot. Yeah, and this is just one of yeah. the many things that that Torontonians will be able to do when Sidewalk Labs comes and like installs a smart sensor in their toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just do an entirely triangular shaped shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, until until your restroom is reconfigured into a travel lane by uh by Corb. <laughs> just a street, a building around you while you're on the toilet. Just delightful. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love the I love the idea that you could be running to the bathroom trying to like just get some fucking relief and all of a sudden they just, it just goes full inception on your bathroom. Like, <laughs> why is the sink upside down? Why why is the toilet glowing? Uh, uh, the, an AI algorithm has turned my house into a freight elevator. <laughs> why is the toilet moving sideways? 
In exchange, the company expects to purchase the land at a price that fairly accounts for all the heightened public policy outcomes promised and reimbursed over time for its advisory and implementation services. So basically, uh, Google wants Toronto to pay it um, uh, money to take over a large stretch of prime real estate. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like, presumably they want huge easements, right? Yeah, they just want, they want to have... They want to have the ability to do whatever they want over a 35 square mile area to start with. In one of the most expensive cities on the planet. Correct, yes. Normal. Sidewalk uh, says that implementing the full vision could result in more than 93,000 jobs, 14.2 billion in annual GDP output, and 4.3 <laughs> billion in annual tax revenue by 2040. I love when they just make these numbers up. 14.2 billion? In- yes, in, in annual output. <laughs> and that's that's Canadian dollars, though, so it's ah, less. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's like twenty bucks. Gotta remember that. Yeah, and they're, they're gonna pay it all in loonies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I love that ninety-three thousand jobs across what twelve buildings? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, the freight elevators are manual, so they need people to pull ropes all day <laughs> yeah. long. And they're gonna yeah, like there's gonna be a lot of turnover because they are gonna kill a lot of people. <laughs> uh, just a lot, a lot of people just needing to like. To like look at live video feeds of of traffic to just change the uh, the curbs, of course. I just can't get the, like the, this. This sounds like something out of a nightmare. The idea that like some some walk genius in the control center could just change the street you're walking on. Like for one, it's, I understand how it would be technically possible, and for another, the fact that they managed to get this far in the procurement process tells me that either Canadians are starstruck or really dumb. Uh, well, it was actually widely opposed by nearly everyone the whole way through. It was just kept getting rammed through um, uh, city council and provincial. Cool uh, that the, that can province. happen. Well, I mean, at least at least it's hap- at least there's a turn against it now. But yeah, it lasted for a long time, hated by everyone except, of course, like the ten people who stand to benefit from it, and then the ten nerds who would live there. Um, but uh, so yeah, it's also just a just a. Tap into some of your expertise as a city planning guy. What what do you make of the idea that a you could have a, a a district of a city that is so malleable that it's never the same thing all day? I I don't know. I I looked at the uh, I looked at some of the like the renders and some of the plans, and I was like, this is just this is just a regular development, right? You know, they're going to have some fancy flashing lights, which aren't <laughs> going to be great if you have uh, epilepsy. But other than that, it just looks like a regular, you know, it just looks like some buildings, right? I don't know. I think this is all like way overblown. You know, if they're if they are relocating the curbs, you know, with lights and stuff, they're going to do it like eh, maybe once every couple weeks. You know, <laughs> I think this is just a, a, a standard land grab with, uh, you know, some fancy technology uh, marketing. That's so uh, weird what? to sell it that way, though, because that seems easier to be like, yeah, this is just it. It's a high tech development. Um, it's you know, Google. We're into this. Like, that's a lot more convincing than a guy is going to make your apartment slightly smaller every day until you're crushed <laughs> into a cube. <laughs> is it about my cube? <laughs> um, so I've actually just grabbed one um, one of the technologies that they're promising to integrate. Collab is a digital tool that could support communities hoping to increase participation and make more inclusive collaborative decisions together. Um, Except if it's about sidewalk coming and moving into your community. 
you don't get to collaborate on that, but you get to collab on uh, what are we what are we going to name the public park? Hmm. So you can like uh, Parky McParkface, obviously. Yeah, oh, it's going to be very mimetic in a very liberal way, and it's going to it's it's great. We love it. We love to patch the names of our parks. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's that they've they've again created like a na- a residence association, but they've put it on the blockchain. Yeah, and, and like this is already marketed to some of the most insufferable people on earth. So while you're wedged into your one foot wide apartment, you're going to find that it's been renamed, <laughs> and the and that you're now you now live in number sixty nine four twenty Girl Boss Avenue. Like yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think this is. I think Justin, I think what you you've said earlier really hit the nail on the head. What they've done is this: they've created a bunch of like digital tchotchkes and useless shit to yeah. otherwise mask a, just a normal mixed-use housing development. The only difference between this and what the um, Duke of Westminster did in uh, Belgravia is that this is building on an abandoned stretch of waterfront and isn't kicking people out of their houses. And this has a slight, in fact, though no, it has, it's the same technology. That the that this the, is, the Westminster group is using. This is the homeless guy turning into the mailbox on The Simpsons, <laughs> but but the mailbox has sensors. Mm. <laughs> it's still a mailbox, though. Because, we literally um, we literally got those, by the way, in Glasgow. We got solar powered bins for no discernible reason. How, okay, what is it powering? <laughs> it's itself. No, we have them too. Yeah, yeah. It, it we powers have, we itself them in to New York, learn yeah. how full it is. I suppose. In New York, what they sort of did was like they were like gently compressing the rubbish. Like they would, it wasn't like a full trash compactor, but basically the idea was that they would supposedly more efficiently compact the trash in like the bin liner or whatever. Mm. Um, and that would somehow help. But I mean, well, that would somehow my, my, help the yeah, general. My Glasgow anecdote for this is that we got these on my street, and within a day, one of them had been kicked over and set on fire. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, the company proposes. Uh, here's the app. Now, the thing is, uh, earlier we said, yeah, this is just uh, some normal. This is just a, a land grab for a housing development because Google's trying to get into the property business. Because why not? However, uh, Justin, what you neglected to note is that they have apps. Uh, but they have apps oh. for the city, and they say the oh, city wow. is going to be like a phone, and the um, urban innovation hub will be like the app store. So, the company proposes turning the Villiers West district on Villiers Island into the, quote, idea district uh, that will house a oh. new Google Canada headquarters and a non-profit urban innovation institute and hub. Sounds to me for some reason I, like gunpowder, treason, and plot. I, I'm, in, I'm in the idea district. The district mm-hmm. is an idea. Everything in here, there, everything's very abstract in the idea district. There's no buildings, but there are the idea of buildings. So basically what this is, this is Plato's ideal city, but done by by Silicon Valley nerds. This is basically Calipolis, but without any vowels. (laughs) Um, The the company says the idea district is necessary to ensure the economic viability of the project. You know, the economic (laughs) viability of building houses for people to live in and stores for them to work in and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, an idea district is necessary. Sounds fine. Like, making this non-negotiable, that's always, like... Yeah, no, we need we need a fun playroom. Wait, do they they really calling it the idea district? Yes, they're literally calling yeah. it the idea district. So, so Justin, you you may not. This is a kind of a trash who mainstay, but we have our studio in Whitechapel, and the Tower Hamlets Council has renamed the Whitechapel Public Library to the Idea Store. Yep. Um, 
it's still a public library, but it legitimately the branding on the outside says the idea store. And so like the idea of the idea of doing this in with a straight face just boggles my mind at this point. But I mean, I guess I wouldn't put anything past the Canadians. I, I, why is the library called a store? The library is supposed to be free. No, well, no, it's it's free. <laughs> then you don't value the ideas. Yeah. If it's a store, oh. then they'll know which ideas to get st- more but stock. You, could, of. you to buy them with hard work, yeah. and perseverance, yeah. <laughs> and believing in yourself. It's supply and demand, but the currency is right. all about confidence. Um. So, the Urban Innovation Hub. Let's check this out a little bit more. The Urban Innovation Hub offers a platform for new smart city innovations. Based on the data you provide to it by oh, living in it and being monitored yes. constantly. Yes. Show yes. lives. <laughs> it has been likened to the Apple App Store, suggesting that while developers will be invited to build their own products, the underlying platform is still owned and controlled by Sidewalk Labs and, you know, tested on you. You. They're going the to com- come up with some novel way, w- some reason why in toilet cameras are important for yeah, data acquisition and, and then, it's and then you'll, you'll be in the idea store and you'll see footage of yourself on the toilet trying to squeeze out a triangle shaped shit and it, <laughs> it will then market something to you to replace your asshole with a triangle the future is basically the wildest imagination of like dirty old Korean men made big. Like any imagine imagine some kind of weird tech that can be as invasive as possible and we're already got a, we already have a plan for it. Yeah. It's like, just Chuck Berry could never. <laughs> Apparently not, you know, because his cameras were, were detectable by human eyes, whereas this, I mean, shit, the entire toilet will be made of cameras. Every single fa- fragment of that toilet will be a sensor in some capacity. Just trying so, to and wipe it all could ass. become a bus lane at any second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just stuck with the black mirror feeling of imagining wiping your ass with, like, a Gorilla Glass haptic screen. <laughs> the, the, there's an app for that at the Urban Innovation Institute and Hub. Hmm. So, yeah. Riley, as somebody who's actually from Ontario, like yes. I assume that although you said that people weren't being displaced from this, that like there's some other incentive here that this would this would normally not be such an easy thing, but like because big tech companies are involved, that like the city is interested in getting it getting it developed at any cost. Yeah, Is that so fair? I'll, mm, not quite. So I'll try to be, I'll be brief with the Canadian Toronto real estate explanation. Toronto is like was built to be a city of maybe 1 to 2 million people in its greater area, but since like 1980 it's grown to be like 6 million people in its greater area. There is no infrastructure and nothing can keep up with it. It has some of the worst traffic in the world like ranked. Um and Toronto's waterfront was its old industrial era area that's been cut off from the entire city by the commuter expressway called the Gardner Expressway, which we all love. We love a big, giant, elevated motorway that makes mm. it impossible to access the water because yeah, people hate being near the water. Splitting Glasgow in half with the M8 was a fantastic decision, and we still love yeah. that to this day. Yeah, so we cut Toronto off from its own waterfront with this with this expressway, and all of this area was basically just brownfield of like disused factories, but close to some of the most valuable real estate in the world. And Got so it. the key is is just Toronto. You can't build housing fast enough. Basically, that's Got just it. it. But if Google builds it and it has sideways elevators, it's yeah, a go. Exact kind of. Well, they were more like I think they they because there's just, there's always big giant houses like horrible overpriced really cheaply made tower blocks going up in toronto um no one wanted to put it there because it was cut off by the gardener 
And the city was kind of sitting on it because they were like, we want to do something with this. That's also a problem with with Canada in general, but Toronto in particular, there's like a, a ton of the same problems you have here where it's huge international property speculation, right? Only recently. Really? That's okay. only in the last few years. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I getting getting back on Fuck being there. serious. Let's sorry. Let's talk about transformer toilets. Yeah. So, hey, but in in <laughs> in summary, um, there wouldn't really be people being displaced from this because it's all sort of brownfield. But let's just say it could be used for something less clownishly stupid. Mm. Got it. And it's um, it's something that doesn't harvest all of your data and use it yeah, to sell like you that. toilets. Yeah, something like that. You know, that doesn't build like like. I, what if you could build an app that sort of increased that maybe optimized yeah. the curbs a little my, bit more? Um, my background you know? for this hypothetical, by the way, is that Google, instead of becoming a corporate state through being a search engine, was just a really successful toilet company. <laughs> <laughs> Google. Um, it details features like heated sidewalks. Ooh. Oh, previous biggest fan one Jay Epstein, incidentally, <laughs> um, and a reclaiming of public space for pedestrian and public use. That's okay, good. We, good. We, were, we wouldn't be able to do that democratically. We can only do that if Google comes in and puts some lights around it. Um, and using building raincoats to protect structures from the elements. What? I, I mean, what? That's, what? What? Because you, you've got you've got to have a raincoat. Otherwise, the water gets in. Like, you, so it wouldn't building raincoats just be the wall? That's, <laughs> well, look, yeah. Just up, the thing. upskirting buildings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm an architecture oh photographer, I swear. Um, <laughs> this is basically, um, <laughs> it's a giant awning that goes over buildings to protect them from harsh weather. Hmm. Which is great, except it snows a lot in Canada, and when really heavy <laughs> amounts of snow pile up on things, they tend to collapse. I'm sure everyone's thought this one through. Yeah. We invented this a very, very long time ago. It's called a cornice. A lot of old buildings had it, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Like, it's it's not new. Nothing's new. It it is new, actually. Everything's old with marketing. Because it's called a raincoat. (laughs) So that old thing was called a cornice. Um, imagine, <laughs> I also I looked at this. It's basically a big hexagonal piece of plexiglass that leans onto the front of a building, so you can like have an outdoor table in the dead of a Canadian winter for some reason. I'm sure those will never fall off and final destination a bunch of people. <laughs> Why does it have to be hexagonal? I don't know. Hexagons cool. are the future. Ah. Yeah. yeah, you thought it was triangles. You got a triangle put in your butthole? No way, old, no way, old lady. Get out of here, you old dame. The, sh- the shapes just changed before I could keep up. I mean, you know what? These guys grew up wanting to have sex with polygons, and now they found a way to make it real. Um, but yeah, like imagine like uh, like cornices are like they're very nice to look at, and they still remain functional. Imagine like being there in twenty years, as though there are going to be any buildings in twenty years, and walking by a hexagonal building raincoat that just was never discarded. How ugly! <laughs> it's all co- all covered in dirt and grime and stuff, you know, because it's like some kind of plexiglass that weathers badly. You know, it mm. looked like shit. Uh, but also, here, here's the next the next element: um, curbless sidewalks dotted with LED lights, like we talked about from Corb, that adapt and change uses throughout the day, not week, not a couple weeks, throughout the day. 
I don't un- I, I don't understand how this is going to work. Are they going to have like a loudspeaker that says the sidewalks changing configuration and then you got <laughs> no, no you're warning. sitting there having a so basically you're sitting there having a beer on a street cafe and then suddenly you have five minutes to get up and move before the bus comes through. Oh, I always wanted to live under Juche. Now I finally can. But it's Juche DDR apparently. Like I love Dance Dance Revolution dance, pads dance. telling me where to fucking walk in so, the city. Uh, dance Dance Permanent Revolution. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. What it does is it just takes the cafe with it and then you're just on the tram or the bus still well, drinking similarly, your beer. I always wanted to live in the Jamiroquai video for virtual insanity and yeah. now apparently I'm going to. It's the Mad Hatter's Tea Party this, this, but an this, entire city district. But here's the street the is a conveyor belt and when they change the, the street configuration it just conveys the street cafe into Lake Ontario. <laughs> you see, here's the real thing though, right? All this stuff is, the, the claim is we're going to design this to better suit your needs um, but they never ima- considers how those needs are shaped by cities. And it's like, ah, oh, yes, you, we have to drop off the goods from this truck outside this business at like 8 a.m. 8 a. or whatever. And it just, it assumes that that preference is just, um, is just sort of exogenous. It's just, yep, it's that they, they just like behaving that way. They're never shaped by anything. And so they try to make everything as liquid and free form as possible. So then you can never know where you're supposed to park your truck. Well, you no, know, because there will be no trucks to park your car to like, or there will be no cars. You never and know they, where you're supposed to go park. or stand. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have cars, Homer. And if we did, they wouldn't park. <laughs> yeah, you never know where you're supposed to go or stand because the only thing you're supposed to do in this hyper liquid city of the future is just do whatever it is that you're going to do and hope the city just sort of predicts it and adapts to it with some kind of machine learning algorithm. Seems a bit seems a bit seems a bit seems a bit silly in my opinion if you just, ask just me. Just to be a full-time consumer just sort of born aloft on the winds of your own fancy. Yeah. Yeah, correct. I'm frustrated because I was trying to surreptitiously Google image search Corb, but nothing is available. I couldn't find anything about it. All I wound up on was a story about a, a Spanish tween pop star named Roger Corbalon, who apparently goes by Corb. Uh, but that's it. No trace of LED ra- rainbow <laughs> it's, it's, road. It's going to put the Spanish pop stars into your sidewalks. Um. <laughs> I mean, look. Sorry, at this sorry point, it's called Cord. Cord. Oh, fuck. R-D-O-R-D. Damn, because Cor- uh, Cor- Corb was getting me excited. Yeah, I really like that name. Corb was a much better name than Cord. 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 Uh, anyway, so uh, the next feature, a sy- underground system of tunnels would entirely eliminate the need for trucks to enter the neighborhood with goods and waste delivered and disposed of using smart containers that all lead to a single building at the neighborhood's edge. So <laughs> I've all done freight- this in city skylines. It's called building one freight station. <laughs> So yeah, if you were to design this game in this this area in city skylines, how would it work? I I don't understand why freight is so privileged over people here, right? I, I mean, it's like okay, I'm I'm in I, I'm walking down the street, which could change at any time, but my Amazon package is being swiftly delivered to my apartment safely underground. <laughs> I I don't. <laughs> As soon as you begin to interrogate the idea a little bit, it seems completely facile and improvised. What is a smart container? Don't know. Is it just a a container, like an ISO container with a bunch of sensors on it? uh, Probably. I mean, I would assume, yeah, smart is just like, it's got lots of of data readout, but it's just basically a subway car. Uh, Speaking of data. what, what, What do you need that data for? Why do you need to know the humidity of my package of dildos? 
Why do you why do you need your sidewalks to be Dance Dance Revolution? I don't know, but these guys thought it was a good idea. Um, here's go, let's move on to a little bit, a bit of data here because it's really funny. Much of what's proposed relies on the use of sensors that can track things like energy usage, flood drain capacity, public space utilization, and waste volume in real time. I was ensure- joking about it filming you pooping. to ensure real-time deployment these sensors would gather daily data at key distribution points according to the 1500 page proposal i thought i was joking what's a key distribution point for waste volume other than my asshole (laughs) uh it's gonna publicly shame you for taking that big enough dump you had to flush twice yeah (laughs) that's and and it's responsible water use it's just literally it's that tweet about phil collins doing a song called fat shithead clogged my toilet and a spotlight tracking (laughs) a guy in the audience like the street is just gonna mold around you to give people extra space to stay away from you well, it's also it's like yeah, it's also I love that they just kind of sneak this here, um, public space utilization. So, uh, are you if you're gathering with your friends, is that efficient public space utilization? Are you going to be moved on yeah, by you, someone you, who says you could be standing that much closer, and so the sidewalk will just move you like <laughs> again Fortnite. <laughs> what, what if the ground was the cops? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because what, what keeps getting me about this is the idea that what cities need to be better is they need every single fucking tiny detail to be under control from like some sort of hell world technodrome control center. Yeah, it's, it's the like, Truman Show, but everyone's Truman. Yeah, yeah. Nothing can be organic. Nothing can be left alone. Like someone's got to have the data. There's got to be a Ned Silver for how many people like are chewing gum at any given time. Yeah. I mean Nate Silver, but yeah. calling him Ned Silver is funnier. Neat Silver, Neat Silver, <laughs> Nate Bronze, yeah. fucking uh, Neb Silver. He's been failed, felled by the Nebish gene because yes. holy shit, that dude has gotten old fast. But regardless, like it just this weird kind of fixation on knowing i don't know quantifiable data about everything what seeing the city is not a political thing but just a technical problem like the city is not a political entity it's not a space people actually live in it's It's just a series of skylines like yeah not to belabor that exactly but Basically, th- whoever is doing this really wants arcologies from SimCity 2000, and the only way to get there is to start out with Rainbow Road, and you just build from there. You build <laughs> upwards. So, if we were wondering about the use of data, uh, don't worry, because all projects are pilot programs. You know, I-, I love the pilot program to turn my streets into something else. What if it wasn't a street? The cops. All projects are pilot programs involving urban data would have to follow our proposed responsible data use guidelines. Um, and be subject to the oversight of proposed urban data trust. Um, uh, <laughs> we are fortunate to have the benefit of Google, who's probably among, if not most security, if not the most security-focused company that exists. So don't worry. You can trust Google with your data. It'll protect it. I feel very secure. Like... It, it, it reminds me of, you know, there's folks who think that, like, you know, the more data we can collect on the city, you know, then urban geometry problems will just go away. Yeah. You know, some things you can't like fix with having a bunch of data. And in fact, you'll make it worse. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because it's um, imagine if they're yeah, imagine a um, maybe a couple of people are standing and having a sandwich outside of a shop while catching up. But technically, you're not supposed to eat outside the cafes because, I don't know, Pizza Pizza has exclusive rights over food on this street, which in this kind (laughs) of configuration you could have. Yeah, it would, the, so, the streets will just be color-coded by brand. 
Yeah, it so, will, so basically, what they've, done, man. what they've done is they've built the narc matrix. Yes, essentially. Is, isn't the matrix just the narc matrix? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that they have proposed that, but I'm saying is like all of these projects, projects, and and pilots or so and so on that you can just test in this city. Like, why wouldn't Pizza Pizza try sponsoring a street? Well, like Pepsi just finished sponsoring a school in such a way that they put out um, a notice <laughs> to parents that was like, yeah, you can't have non Pepsi uh, or Pepsi competing products in classes. Yeah. H- how far are we from, um, you know, the episode of The Simpsons where the, uh, they have the Oscar Meyer uh, deliciousness chart? You know, what's the metro? What is, what is the atomic weight of bolonium? And Martin Prince is like, ooh, delicious. You know? here, here in Philadelphia, we already have companies sponsoring uh, subway stations. Uh, you know, they, they renamed Patterson Avenue to NRG station. And it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> Man, that's. That's depressing. I mean, you say that's yeah. de- you say that's depressing, Riley. But like, we live in London, where there's a fucking station called Canada Water. There's another station called. Uh, isn't there some yeah, really Canada ridiculous Water, names? Canada Water. Two things Riley yeah. gets extremely invested about. <laughs> I, shut up! Shut up! Sparkling water is important and very good. At least uh, Canada Water refers to like a, a dock, what a dock used to be called. Like at least it refers to something. It's not like you know, um, BAE Systems presents Bank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Customs House for Excel on the DLR. Okay, that's one. A, a little bit of a weird one. Well, yeah, we have our, our boondoggle, the Emirates Airline, a, a cable car that goes between two underground stops across the river that never needed to be connected. It's just there. Cuddy Sark for Maritime Greenwich. Is it- Cuddy Sark's not a whi- It's the name of a ship, not a whiskey. The whiskey was named after the ship. I which understand. Was named but- after a Robert Burns poem, which was named after a shirt. Um. <laughs> so now we have a thing named after a shirt. However, moving back to back to this, um, Richard Florida, Canadians, Canada's Stephen Pinker. Wait, wait um, Richard Florida? That that's yes. a, an obviously fake name. Like <laughs> that's something you yes. check into a hotel under when you're the kind of hitman who wears like a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> that's legitimately that joke about the when if you were a 90s author and you wanted to write it write a transgressive novel you named a character jeffrey commercials like <laughs> cities all over north america florida has said through billions at amazon yeah, hq2 confusing geographically like we're gonna have to call him something else i'm not calling him florida <laughs> repeatedly uh richard Florida. how about that much better thank you okay so Just richard call him florida man yeah mm. Flor- florida man says cities all over north america have thrown billions at Amazon HQ2, but building an innovation cluster in Toronto could put us at the forefront of a new field of technology, more important than AI, more important than cryptocurrency, explains Richard Florida, uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, Florida man, professor at the University of Toronto's School of Cities. More important than two, <laughs> two relatively unimportant things? Yeah. It's, it's it, more important than rocks or dirt. And I love this. It's like, look, cities all over North America threw billions at Amazon HQ2, and it was a massive boondoggle that was hated wherever it went. All of these cities debased themselves in favor of this shitty company run by an off-brand Lex Luthor. But if we did more of that, then they might reward us with their technology. It's a cargo cult. This is cargo cult thinking. <laughs> He's building the fucking airstrip out of bamboo and thinking, <laughs> if we just have the innovation hub here, then they will land in their planes and they will give us the innovation. The fucking CEO John Frum is going to come down and give us yes. economy. So, um, so Florida beats this kind of drum very frequently. 
And he thinks that this kind of bold tech initiative is going to be the future of the city. From another Richard Florida article entitled Toronto is a City State, um, <laughs> I, I know, uh, I, 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 have, um, I have quoted this here. Toronto is a city, quote, on the brink of not realizing its potential and must think about a new model for growth if it wants to thrive and stand out as an example of a modern global, re- re- global metropolis. Um, no wonder we have a political divide. Our city is divided socioeconomically. Damn, we live in a society. Uh, so, wow. this, the, and so he's suggesting that these kinds of projects, by making more innovation and doing more economy, could actually bring the city together and yeah, foster more greatness. If you, if you have a divide socioeconomically, you do more socioeconomic, and then you yeah. don't have a divide anymore. He said, it's Toronto is unique because it has both rich people and poor people. He says, uh, uh, Justin, <laughs> we, you have summarized something that's basically what he says. It's very interesting, he says. Our city is not as divided along ethnic lines or national lines, but rather by socioeconomic class, giving us our own spin on poverty. Wow. <laughs> is that from the Grundrisse? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. The poor people are poor. That means poverty is different here. Just accidentally discovering a class consciousness while attempting to lure Google from the clouds. (laughs) You're so dumb that you accidentally like understand the Grundrisse around to like Bakunin by accident. (laughs) It always always makes me laugh that the academic job market is so cutthroat and so harsh, and so many brilliant people that I know, you know, have finished terminal degrees and have can either never get hired anywhere or have only a life of adjuncting to look forward to. Yeah. And then a guy like this who's just like, oh, wow, <laughs> poverty means there's rich people and poor people, like has a fucking job do, at the University of Toronto. I think yeah. it might have something to do with the fact that a bunch of billionaires who are often very sinister fund all of these academic institutions and like being told things they want to hear. I think it's a sex thing. I think there's someone who yeah. forces Richard Florida to write this kind of thing and then jacks off onto the paper. Uh. It must be it. Yeah, but so this is this is the idea, right? That by like the the core idea, I think, of the urban techno um, utopian is that we can br- we can bring about a harmonious life for ourselves in cities if only we did away with everything about them that was solid. Yeah, you have the control tower, and you have the landing lights, and then it's fine. Innovation, uh, startups. And AI. Yeah. AI cryptocurrency blockchain. Well, I I was thinking about this recently, that um, there, you know, the famous joke that we make about tech people, you know, wanting to reinvent the bus by mistake. But every time there's something about, you know, a new app that invents the thing that people already depend upon... There's this implicit split in which people who can afford the tech devices required to have the app and so on and so forth get to benefit from it, and it screens out everyone who can't. And I think about stuff like this, uh, you know, invariably when they're making transformers changeling roads uh and and building these buildings of the future or whatever it sort of implies that some people are going to have to make way for it or some people are not going to be allowed to participate in it and it's like it basically creates this class in which uh you're 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 like a permanent interloper in your own city because yeah. if you if you've been it's like it's like having the mall cops following you around except that's done, being done by Google and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. well like through the, pub- satellites. the public yeah. space how are you gonna how welcome are you going to feel if it's all hooked to your phone and that's your only way of like interacting with it like yeah 
Probably I mean, I don't want to like romanticize like the sort of analog public space, but I do think that like the certain the, the anonymity or just the fact that not everything was done in such a way that like you could be hit with targeted ads at every corner at least allowed things to not seem as though they are the you know the 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 opening scene to a really terrible sci-fi yeah, well, movie. Like the policing of them, like are you being moved on out of a public space. At least they had to used to get a guy like to come and get in a car <laughs> yeah. and get out of the car and waddle over to you and say that you can't be here anymore. Whereas, now your phone just yeah, shocks now, you. Now your phone just shocks you. <laughs> it, or it starts playing recordings of you pooping or something. Something to like, <laughs> something we haven't yet thought of to drive you out of that space. When when I first moved to Britain, Milo and I got uh, had a gig shooting videos for uh, a Russian comedy show where uh, we would go and do, did. do Vox Pop interviews with people on the street. And one time we did it in like a mall space, and a security guard came up to very like in a very British dad way, just politely inform us that we had to leave. But he couldn't stop sneezing the entire time, <laughs> so we had to just stand there very awkwardly for like three minutes while this guy tried to get out his yeah, declaration you don't to us. Get that, that with the police robots. Exactly. It's like, it, see, I'd rather have that as opposed to Ed 209 just blasting me into a fucking liquid. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sidewalk Labs, uh, everybody. I thought, my God, do I do I like Sidewalk Labs? I like to think about it. I like to wonder uh, what kinds of things about me will be uh, collected, researched, and ultimately and inform a decision about what a curb is going to be one day. It's ironic that Sidewalk Rat Labs wants to, you know, get rid of sidewalks. Well, that, well that's why yeah, it's the lab. Think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have one more, one more article on so the future of urbanism for us, and I, I really like this one too. But it's got much more whimsical and less authoritarian look okay. at what the we can, we can city loosen of the- our ties and then yes. like make some jokes. You, okay, you can loosen your hijab. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is from the Telegraph. Uh, droids, holograms, and upcycling cafes. Welcome to the high street of 2030. <laughs> cool. <laughs> the 2030s. There's not going to be a street. You can- no, no. It's going to be like a series of people living in Amazon warehouses or the underground caves below the last, Amazon warehouses. Last 20 minutes of Threads at best. Yeah, yeah absolutely. God, we need to watch that movie. Uh, so. We don't know how accurate the, this following description of a morning on a British high street a decade from now is, but it's certainly not far from the truth, according to dozens of forecasters who are seeking to define the future of shopping. Uh, that's, it that, is, that's the only kind of future that they're forecasting. Yes, definitely. Shopping. Of shopping, yes. Not, um, you know, the breakdown of the social order. Uh, so... <laughs> And when when I read this, I just imagine it happening with like chaotic water wars happening just out of frame. Um, so it's Saturday, seventh of September, twenty thirty, and I'm off to the shops. In the great tradition of British shopping, I make my way on a driverless electric bus to my local high street. But, but that's not that great a tradition. <laughs> what? I think the great tradition she's referring to is making her way to the local high street, but she is on a driverless electric bus. Okay. So um. Okay, we're we're doing good so uh-huh. far. Uh, the uh, the driver um, has has also now got em- employment uh, maintaining Amazon drones. Yeah, he's, uh, he's that's the my head guy. Cannon. He's the guy that they send to climb up and like wipe off the big perspex building raincoat once in a while. Yeah, in my head cannon, <laughs> that's what he's doing. Firstly, a workout. I am of course a wellness obsessed millennial in my mid forties. So I head to my favorite peak scale studio where I can conquer parts of Everest K2 and other challenging mountains in conditions that look and feel real, but are entirely computer generated. 
It's cool. Okay. Yeah, so so, I, I, is, is it simulating the lack of oxygen? We would hope. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I mean, you're going to have to because, like, no, no, all of the glaciers are going to be gone. So those mountains are going to be fucking, like, much more difficult to climb, I would suggest. Oh, yeah. You're not going to be I, able I, to I, get toeholds in any ice there. It's, it's going to be bare rock. Mm. It's going to be falling all the time. I died of oxygen deprivation in the Everest uh, death zone simulator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's like a version of Soul Cycle where you have a twenty percent chance of just dying. So Soul Cycle. Yeah, Soul Cycle. Gwyneth Paltrow says it's her new way of feeling great as she approaches sixty. Um, later in the luxurious changing rooms, I love the body lotion provided so much that I scan its code into my Amazon account. A droid will dispatch a bottle from the local Amazon micro warehouse to my home within 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I, I hear, I hear some sighing. It's like a, is this like a Star Wars droid? Yeah, it's the little floor it, uh, uh, waxer thing. It, well, it sort of uh, would be. I, That's what they're I talking about. I was hoping it'd be the, 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 the trash can one. You know, oh, this, yeah. this, is, this is set in 2030, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. So that's that's only ten and a half years from now. Ten and a half years ago. It was early 2009. I mean, yeah, yeah we were all we still listening we, to yellow cards. Um, see, what, what, what do we what do we have now that we didn't have then? Besides, we, the internet is faster. Yeah, the internet's faster. There's, so there's more things that are streaming. Um, we even had podcasting. This medium was like like already well established. Like the smartphone's the big thing, but the smartphone was already out by 2009. Yeah. So, but this person is saying that full driverless everything, robot, yeah, fucking Terry Gilliam's Brazil is going to exist in <laughs> ten and a half years. Yes, correct. <laughs> but it'll be good Brazil, not Brazil. fucked up Brazil. Yeah, good Brazil. Mm. Yeah, the plastic surgery will work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and also it's the again, uh, the uh, there no one seems to be working here. Uh, no one seems to be working at the micro warehouse or in delivery. It was, seems was to have all been automated. Was this written by Aaron Bastani? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, again, work sucks, but you at, if you're losing your... It's, it's better than starving. Um, I take a picture of my friend using the Zara app, and it loads her dress. I'm told it also comes in teal, a color better suited to my current wardrobe palette. My clothes inventory app reminds me. I bring up my hologram profile so I can try on the skirt virtually. When did we get the holograms from? When this, did that happen? Yeah. Uh, I think it's just it's your phone. I think I think in this version this of the future, this is just Star Wars. We've got the little say, robot. This is, this is, this is Prince Princess Leia <laughs> yes. giving you a message about what dress to buy at Zara. Yeah, uh, yeah. Help your me. Your phone. Your phone took a full body nude scan of you while you were on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, I, I can simulate different clothes on myself, but for some reason, I always have to be squatting. <laughs> yeah, you can opt out if, you, but if you if you opt out of it on your phone, then it punishes you by making the sidewalk go the opposite direction every time you're walking. <laughs> so you're constantly against I the really, screen. I really hate when this happens, but Nate, you've sort of predicted the, something in the next no. paragraph. Oh not, no! Not oh no! In tone, in tone and character, not the next paragraphs. Yes, the next paragraph. We agree I should buy the skirt, so we so we stroll to the store for a browse. We both frown at the unflattering blouse hanging next to the skirt in the store. Emotion scanning software beams feedback to Zara HQ, relaying our negative feelings about the shirt. Oh, good. Soon- so this is this is one of two categories, right? Either this stuff does not exist, or it does kind of already exist and is terrible. Yeah, but it's everywhere in this in this um, huh. in this scenario. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Soon, the blouse style will be recalled to factories and tweaked into something much more appealing. Yeah, Mistakes the like this gets won't... a little nudge from their glasses. Then the next sentence says, 
mistakes like this won't happen for much longer. <laughs> oh, worse than that. Yeah, the, <laughs> oh, their, boy. their floor just opens up beneath them and they just end <laughs> up in a special garbage container. So we finally located where the labor is in uh, in this society. It's not anywhere visible, but it is basically being whipped every time you frown at a yeah, shirt. There's, there's two there. jobs here. There's designing clothes and then there's punishing people who design imperfect clothes. I love the idea that like they have the facial recognition software to determine emotions, but it's not advanced yet. So if you want to buy things at a storefront, you have to carry ancient Greek drama masks and put on your big frown mask or your big unhappy mask. Waggling my eyebrows theatrically like Groucho Marx to try and buy a pair of shoes. I don't think, Alice. I don't think you really want this pair of shoes. <laughs> just just mucking, a giant cigar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pulling up a, a rolling dicky, <laughs> spinning a propeller cap, going cross-eyed. You have to do so much vamping just to make a simple purchase. <laughs> we're we're coming back to the um the. Uh, this is emotional labor. Yeah. <laughs> but we're coming back to the ring thing. We are just, it's not even trash future anymore. It's slapstick future. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we, we, I made the reference to Brazil, but it's like Brazil with like less analog technology, but way more vaudeville somehow yeah, baked it's in. It's like the, the only way to record, like to upload your data is to carry a big wooden plank and turn around too fast and so smack I, I, someone I, I, across the face with it. <laughs> I've told this story before about the military camera that was meant to like record biometrics, but it was a huge piece of shit and just like getting it to recognize faces or eyes or fingerprints was this huge chore. It's like you were, you were subject to the machine being willing to recognize like a thing that it didn't matter what you couldn't override it. And similarly, it's like, you know, Uh, tankies being like absolutely no humans detected in the U S military. Well, so I I love the idea though, because I mean, similarly, like people having problems with facial recognition on iPhones recently, where like if you have the face unlock, but apparently only works for white people for some reason. Uh, Don't worry, they'll have fixed this. Mistakes like this won't happen for much longer. And so it's just it, it, it predicates itself on this unbelieving this this faith in the ability of these things to develop quickly and make no mistakes ever when i mean legitimately any piece of technology that we have now no matter how much convenience it's added to our life is also kind of annoying because it's inaccurate like it's not always precise and so the idea that like you're going to go and do all your shopping uh and it's going to resemble some sort of like i don't know like like the, the computers are going to be the, the technology from her like it's just not there yet and, and it won't be there in 10 and a half years but I, this is for the Telegraph, right, Riley? Uh, oh, yeah. This is for the Telegraph, which is, uh, again, for American listeners who are becoming familiar with UK media through us primarily, is basically has the politics of the National Review combined with Megan McArdle's gadget review column. Yeah, so basically, like, for the people reading this, they're just like, well, miscegenation isn't a crime anymore. We're really living in the future. So, like, yeah, you do have to kind of take it, take it with a grain of salt. It is the, it, it's, it's also what they love is they love the idea of all customer service interactions being perfect and effortless. Mm-hmm. That's the main, that's the and main element of Utopia. Right. Like, they would be insane in this future because there would be no managers to complain to. Oh yeah, they'd spend their entire time just like going yeah. at the, like the Nike shoe pod with a two by four. Yeah, they they just, would spend all their time frowning at different clothes in the hope that someone <laughs> somewhere is suffering as a consequence in the just, weird kind of Milgram experiment. Just just fucking home county's dads trying to fight a hologram like you shouting shit, mate. Just or, not, not 
or also home county's moms just walking around just just screaming at shirts <laughs> um so uh-huh an alert on my phone soon moves me on because you know you don't choose where you go it's just your phone tells you what to do in this consumer wonderland uh nike black mirror nike has landed one of its 3d printing pods in the car park of a former supermarket we now we there are no more supermarkets we have our food delivered by drone this is just getting more and more it's just like we live in solaris it's all really bad somehow though This is my chance to get my brother the trainers he's obsessed with, so I rush over and customize the perfect design. It was made right in front of me. Then I order a drone drop-off to my brother's uh, location, pinpointed via the What Three Words program. It's, it's a, that's, that's an actual thing. It's a way of, of dividing the entire world into three-meter squares that are identified by three words. So GPS, but more stupid. Yes, correct. GPS, yes. but with like the twee affectation of a British crossword. Yeah, I don't understand what makes it different, but people are excited about it. I'm at um, Jonathan Agnew, um, uh, racial hate crime, and what's a third British thing? Toast uh, racks. Yeah, toast racks. <laughs> um, so, as I head home, I'm reminded that I've acquired a new item of clothing during my trip. So to keep my wardrobe tally neutral, I drop into the Swap, a chic boutique where you exchange items you no longer want for tokens that you can pick up and use to get new pieces. So there's no hard currency anymore? You just have tokens? Apparently it's a token. They also in 2030 we've eliminated money and clothes are now purchased on a token system. I mean, I feel like... <laughs> they really buried the lead on that yeah, one. It's just like, this is a very new economic system, almost like uh, some kind of socialism. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. this the, is just... No, so- socialism is when you have those tokens, but you can only trade them in for blue jumpsuits and rubber boots. <laughs> yeah, this is socialism. This is socialism with like... Um, Walmart characteristics. I just love the idea that there's going to be some heel turn at the end of this article and she's going to reveal that actually this is meant to be a dystopia where we stayed in the EU. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, back at home, my British Airways app reminds me that it's just one week until my work trip to New York. This pings my what? weather app. Why do you need to go there? What? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for do, the do shopping. Is, is the designer in New York and your workers, do you have to go there and hit them for making the bad shirt? Yeah, what what jobs are left in this economy? But, but why do you need to be so so general as to say New York when you can use that three word thing to specify exactly where you're going? It's like my work trip to racism, ruddy gin, queen speech. <laughs> no, yeah. it'd be three New York <laughs> things. So it would be like rat street pizza here. and like I don't know, <laughs> overpriced San Gennaro t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, this ping- this automatically pings my weather app, which sends me links to matchesfashion.com. So really, this is a fantasy about being advertised to constantly. <laughs> I mean, there were w- by frowning at the by frowning at the dress earlier, she gave herself an excuse to go to New York City <laughs> to hit the designer. Yeah. Ah. Well, there were there was there was a parody video years ago when Google they were doing the the beta testing on um Google Glass and. It was sort of like a like a hell world envisioning of what Google Glass might actually be, where you're walking down the street wearing Google Glass and everything you look at is popping up stupid pop-up ads. It's like, you looked at a license plate. Do you want a new license plate? You looked at a building. Are you trying to buy a house? You looked at a glass of water. Are you thirsty? That kind of a thing nonstop. But the whole thing was, that was supposed to be bad. <laughs> like This was supposed to be a bad, <laughs> a negative outcome of this sort of idea. And instead, this no, is this being is sold to me. It's like, oh, no, this is good. It's, it's I, I want this to happen everywhere. Um. 
Yeah, so this pings to my weather app, which links to matchesfashion.com. So as soon as you book a trip somewhere, you're going to get clothes advertised mm. to you. Why, why are site- we setting our sights I- so low? Why can't I change the fucking weather also? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just laughing. I was about to say, yeah. I, I should be able to vote for the weather. <laughs> I mean, th- to be fair, this is a very Tory article because it's just sort of like, what do I care about? Fashion punishment. <laughs> <laughs> the, the site suggests trench coats I might want to have waiting for me in the hotel room to, ward, Carmen off, San Diego. to ward off the rain that is forecast <laughs> and reduce the weight of my luggage. So it's also go green, but in the most sort of trivial way possible. Why would you still There's, have luggage that you had to carry? <laughs> Are you going to hand over the trench coat for coat tokens before you fly back to Britain? Even worse. Oh, no. We have one world I'm currency. I'm scared. I'm scared. There's even an option to rent Burberry's latest iteration for just 200 pounds a week. <sighs> just? Much more reasonable than the 2,000 pounds to buy it outright. Yes, please. Millennials, we're so used to like, we love the fast, the now, the renting our clothes and then having a guy repossess our clothes. Yeah, so that we can get well, our full body scan done on the toilet. Uh-huh. Yeah, but think think of how much... Uh, think of 10 years of a post-Brexit inflation. That's actually a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is the Burberry trench coat is just made of old, bur- repurposed building raincoats. <laughs> Wait, why is it 200 pounds a week and not any amount of tokens? Exactly. I was going to say, like, this seems... that This fictive universe hasn't been thought through all the way because she's switching between tokens that buy you things you want and pounds that just exist in abstraction now, yeah. apparently. Yeah, that's, that's Well, the there's case. hard currency and there's company script. Yeah. there's a mix you know and the more if you can make blouses that gain upwards of 15 smiles then you'll get an extra piece of hardtack at the end of the day (laughs) (laughs) oh man that one that one's really brutally dumb does she seriously end with the renting a a trench coat yep (laughs) (laughs) yep she sure does okay that's, yeah. that's our highest aspiration. Just came back from the techno-centrist rally. Bunch of people holding hands and chanting, better things are possible, but it's only a coat that you can rent. Yes, that's true. <laughs> you can rent a coat. Rent a cop. That's so 2018. Rent a coat. That's what I'm into. Yeah, rent the coat. Uh, all right. Um, I think that, about, that might about do it for us today here at TF Labs. We're here to try to make your tomorrow better. Uh, but it only falls to me to say, Justin, thanks so much for calling in today. Oh, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, do you have anything you want to plug other than just your excellent YouTube channel? I, the main thing I would say would be, you know, watch my YouTube channel where I talk about cities and socialism and make some jokes. Uh, and that's it, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's very good, everyone. I strongly suggest you watch it. Um, and otherwise, thanks for listening. And from our family to yours, look down because the street might have changed. Yeah, the podcast just moving yes. us all apart. <laughs> Later, everybody. Bye.